The year is 1995. In March, Mississippi finally gets around to officially ratifying the 13th Amendment, which fucking sucks. Things that happened before that in 1995, the San Francisco 49ers win their fifth Super Bowl, which hadn't been done by anyone yet. A black man and a Briton, which is what you call British people on Wikipedia, walk in space for the first time, and Yahoo is incorporated. Also, new albums by Blink-182, Mountain Goats, Morrissey, Bare Naked Ladies, Garbage, Foo Fighters, Ben Folds 5, and Squirrel Nut Zippers, all Frankenstein Jukebox alumni, are released some before and some after Mississippi decide to finally agree to free the slaves. Can these two podcasters who have never held public office or been states of the union do better at making a song compromise than Mississippi did at being on the right side of history? Yes. The answer is yes. This is Frankenstein's jukebox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. everyone welcome to frankenstein's jukebox this is a show where we talk about mississippi no we don't um we talk about music and in we don't talk about mississippi almost ever i'm james anderson and i'm here with my co-host daniel hi daniel hello james i'm fired up i am also fired up 1995 is a long way away from the 1860s Yes. And that's all I have to say about that. The first thing about 1995 that I think we can both agree on, despite our differences in age and experiences of the year itself, is that it is quite a long way from the 1860s. Did you know that it has been an equal amount of time between 1995 to today as it has from the 1860s to 1995? Yes. I did know that. Okay. And... And there has been more time. Time is dilated across the space-time continuum yep sometimes you you hear those facts especially when you get up to being like in my age where it's like uh the same distance between my birthday and uh the day i was born and now and uh world war ii was still going on it sort of gets upsetting but uh at least it's not as bad as that mississippi god Yeah. yeah anyways hey daniel Let's move on very quickly and and not dwell on this any further. I would like to know what you were doing with your life in 1995. I would also love to know what I was doing in my life in 1995. (laughs) I would have been uh, six and seven in Mm -hmm. 95. Second grade. Okay. With Miss Mayo. Love it. Yep. Yep. She was a fine teacher. And... Realistically, that's all that I've got for 95. <laughs> I tried to go back and be like, do I remember anything from 19? 19- no, I don't. For me, 1995 was uh, seventh grade. And I know that. Uh, well, it was end of sixth and then into seventh. I moved to the area where I live now in Northern Virginia. I finished in Annapolis and moved here, uh, started seventh grade. And I know that for a fact because 
Uh, in September, the Washington Post and the New York Times, but probably I would have had it in the Washington Post, published the Unabomber's Manifesto. And the kid I sat next to, who was blind and uh, also like really, really smart, but n- not in the way that you like that promotes being nice, um, made me read him the Unabomber's Manifesto as much as I could before school started each day in seventh grade. And let me tell you, wow, that print was small, and I wasn't that great a reader. Like I had, I was a reader, loved to read. It was a lot. So that was seventh grade. Um, our social studies class that we were in, Ms. Hunt's class, uh, was structured around We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Nice. So, like, there were some good parts where it was like, yeah, this is a, I mean, yeah. you know, for teaching the social studies of, like, the middle of the 20th century, Billy Joel, why not, you know? So. Yeah, let's get into those cola For wars. sure, exactly. Important thing. I can't take it anymore. <clears throat> Sorry. What? I almost yeah. just started reading the intro again. No. So that's, that's um, I'm going to move away from my notes because there's nothing more there for me anymore. We're having a real one here at Frankenstein's Jukebox. Exercise right before recording a podcast. I think uh, questionable whether or not uh, positive or negative outcomes. Uh, for a peek behind the curtain, both James and I went, both went on long walks right before recording yeah. this. Uh, and talked to dear friends yeah. of ours. So uh, we'll see if that turns into good podcasting or not. And there were two dear friends of mine at the park, um, and one of them ran away and one of them stayed. They were actually dear. It was a, they were dear friends. I, I picked up as soon as you said one of them ran yeah. away. I'm like, oh, he's talking about deer. Yeah, and then I came back and there was a black cat on our porch. So I almost adopted a cat, but then it ran away again. It crossed my path, and oh. that's why... Shame. Uh, yeah. Well, before we get into any more silliness, let's get into more silliness. Daniel, I want to know your honorable monsters for 1995. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. What didn't you pick? For 1995. Uh, That is a great question. Man, when I was looking through the different songs that came out this year. Yes. I was was surprised at the collection of them because these, this is, we're getting into the time frame where I wasn't paying attention to current music. Right. Necessarily. I was paying attention to the music my parents listened to, which was also current music. I just didn't recognize it as current music. Okay. Uh, Can you, what do you mean by that? Like, we'd listen to the radio, and then we'd also listen to songs that my parents liked. Like, they'd go out and get CDs, and it would, you know, be good stuff. But it wasn't, to me, I wasn't, like, I wasn't actively searching out music myself. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, I was listening to what my parents listened to. Okay. And uh, so that was, I mean, a lot of They Might Be Giants, Mm -hmm. and... Various bands that you'll hear listed in just a minute. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't a lot. I mean, I loved the stuff we were listening to. So when I say that it wasn't by my choice, it's not sure. like it was like, oh, I listened to it against my will. Right. It was just like, I was not master of my musical domain at this point. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So I went through and looked at a lot of the songs that were released. It's like, oh, I didn't realize all of these were at the same time. <laughs> I thought, like, this one was older. Yeah. And uh, stuff like that. So let's jump into it. Yeah. 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Good, good song. Just solid, solid song. Mm-hmm. One of those that you hear and just like, oh, 
yes, it's been too long since I've heard this song. Then uh, Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. Mm, absolutely. Tough to pick one specifically off of that Oof, album, but yeah. Fake Plastic Trees won out for me. One of my favorite songs as a kid. Okay. I remember my sisters and I all loving Champagne Supernova by Oasis. Mm, absolutely. Fantastic. One of those songs that you're like, this is a seven-minute song, and it's absolutely worth it. Like, to, like Yes, it <laughs> doesn't feel seven minutes long. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. And I remember my, my cousin as well. I remember my family got together. Uh, my cousin lives in the Lesser Carolina. Uh-huh. And so, like, my my whole, that side of the extended family got together. And I remember that and Wonderwall, we listened to a whole bunch mm-hmm. Of uh, the whatever weekend it was that we were we were hanging out, and we played a game called Wonderwall, which was we held my sisters and I, or my cousin and my sisters, whatever some permutation of us would hold up a mattress, and then the the one person who wasn't holding up the mattress would run into it, and that game was called Wonderwall. What? I have a question. That's the end of the game. <laughs> Did anyone? In your group, have trouble pronouncing ours. Yes. So it was one, one, Wonderwall, like one into the wall, Wonderwall. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were not that clever. I, I doubt that, and maybe it's just you didn't think of it. I, I know for a fact you've always been that clever. You came out of the wound, punny. punny. Um, that is incorrect. <laughs> that is oh, vastly incorrect. This sense of humor has been very specifically honed over years and years and years of effort, hard effort. Can I tell you a what uh, a what's the story Morning Glory album uh, story? Yes, Morning Glory. Um, I that that album is chock full of hits, Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova. Don't look back in anger. There's excellent songs on it. Unfortunately, it was at the period of time when uh, bands were doing interesting stuff with CDs, and I was worried about explicit lyrics, and so. Uh, that album has a number of sort of just instrumental, staticky, whatever, untitled tracks, but on the track listing on the back of the CD, they're just listed as as nothing. That's like track four. Nothing, like no title. So I was like, oh, that must be because it's like explicit. And so I didn't buy the album, and I didn't listen to the album for oh. a decade? Two decades? Oh. Yeah. So... I think I was married when I finally listened to that album all the way through. So, yeah. But see, the thing is that, like, Siamese Dream, as we'll talk about in a couple of years, I got it at Walmart and there was no track listing because one of the songs is called Silverfuck. And so the only reason I know that is because there was uh, extra personnel on that song. So they had to have the song title in the credits. But there was no track listing on the back because Walmart was censoring their CDs at the time, and that was how they decided to do that. So I was like, so even the CD art can can reflect that there's bad words here, so I need to not uh, spend my money on this. So instead I'll buy uh, you know, In Utero, because that'll be safe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You love it. Yeah. First album I ever was like, I'm not old enough for this album. I will not be listening to this for a while. Yeah. Yep. Please continue. Uh, 
it was very tough to pick out which presidents of the United States of America song. Which one did you pick? To go with. <laughs> uh, I wound up going with Feather Plucking. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, especially as a kid, I loved it with all the different animals yeah. picking up instruments and playing them, and nobody taught them how. Yeah. Just had such a fun energy to it. Yeah. That I just really loved it. And I mean, I still do. I still do. I haven't like really sat down and listened to that album in a long time, and I should fix it's that. It's flawless, Daniel. Yeah. It has... No bad parts, no skips, but like no skips, not even like that. That actually undersells it. <laughs> no non bangers, no, no non bangers. It's, I don't want to oversell it, I don't want to oversell it, but it is perfect. I'll, I will have to revisit it. I will probably do that tomorrow at work. Yeah. Uh, and my last honorable monster is just a good head banging rock song, uh, Where the River Flows by Collective Soul. Great. Great, great, great song. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Great picks. Great picks. Thank you very much. Thank you. I am very happy with all of my honorable monsters, honestly, for the rest of this decade. Yeah. I have gone through, I think, uh, I haven't picked my actual songs yet for 91 or 90, but I have all of my honorable monsters ready to go for them. Excellent. I just need to pick which one of those honorable monsters gets the nod. I love that. To move up. I love that. Very exciting for all the contenders. Yes, indeed. Tell me about your honorable monsters. So I would say that uh, four-fifths of these were things that at the time I was super-duper into. and then, But we'll start nice. with the one that I got into that happens to have been released in 1995. Rancid's and Outcome the Wolves came out in 1995. Uh, it has a perfect album cover. It's the best cover art. It's my favorite cover art of all time. Uh, the album is super duper long and you don't notice it or at least i don't it's very great but it starts off with a song called maxwell murder uh which has uh the best bass guitar solo in a punk rock song uh of all time so uh it's great it also uh references uh 999 which is the british emergency telephone number um they were from east bay california so who knows uh <laughs> who knows who knows uh, second, uh, Mariah Carey, Fantasy. It is just, it's a great song. It samples the Tom Tom Club song, um, whose name is escaping me. Hey, everyone. Editor James here. Genius of love. But the one song, think of the one. Yeah, it's that one. Uh, but Mariah Carey, right at this time, was just releasing hit after hit after hit. I have like a five or six song Mariah Carey playlist, and it it's all from stuff right around this time. And my favorite song by her I didn't pick because it was in that pile of songs that I often talk about where it's like what aspect am I going to pull from this be the best be the best like you know uh, let's see yeah. one aspect is duet with boys to men like, can we get boys to men on the line next up I have written down Jagged Little Pill and I stand by that just anything from that album was an honorable monster just the whole thing every uh, every song it's the thriller of angry women uh, music of the mid-90s. It's, it's song after song after song. The singles are great. The non-singles are great. It's just a great album. Um, the President's United States of America song that I picked uh, was Kick Out the Jams. Very nice. Yeah, which is, uh, it is an MC5 cover technically. Like, technically. Uh, and, yeah. and that's, I mean, and it is. But in sort of like an interpolation sort of way, and like I said, it the, that that whole album, you can't you can't show me a song where I'm not like 
the bass is groovy. It sounds like it was made in a garage in the best way. Well, now, are you talking about the Git bass or the bass guitar? Because for the first, I want to say, two or three Presidents of the United States of America albums, they recorded, they didn't have guitars or basses. They had a Git bass and a bass guitar. Yeah. With, I think the Git bass had three strings, the bass guitar had two, and they were tuned weirdly. And that's why the instruments sound so weird. Yeah. Uh, which I love. And also, when I found out the Kick Out the Jams was a cover, yeah. uh, a friend of mine, Helen, she made a, C- a CD for me, and the MC5 version of Kick Out the Jams was on there. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. This is astounding. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, Green Day released their second album, Insomniac, in 1995. Uh, it contains Brains to Jaded on there. Uh, don't ever play just the first one in my presence uh, i will go over and stop your spotify or your cd or whatever and we will listen to it correctly <laughs> it's the it's i don't have a lot of hard rules but that's one of them <laughs> <laughs> that and the loadout stay we listen to the whole thing we don't listen at all so uh, but, you know, the loadouts day, we have 20 years before we get there. But, yeah, so those are my honorable monsters. Uh, Insomniac's great if you're really, really pissed off uh, or depressed. And by great, I mean, you know, get a therapist, but also it's a good album. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to the main event, The Lion King. <laughs> hey! <laughs> main, um, because Lion Kings have events. That's the pun. Yep. Uh, Daniel, what did you pick for 1995? So this is a song. I wasn't sure which which song from this album I was going to go with. It's from the album Sweden by the Mountain Goats. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff on this 19 track album. Uh, 19 tracks, 45 minutes long. <laughs> it's... <laughs> A lot, a lot of short tracks. Uh, the longest of these tracks is four minutes, five seconds. After that, it's 3.08. Most of them are... Three-minute pop songs by the Mountain Goats. Just three-minute pop songs or two-minute pop songs by the Mountain Goats. Um, but I wound up going with The Recognition Scene. Okay. Uh, which the Swedish alternative title is We Were On Our Way Home Before the Rain. I like that. I do, too. Yeah. It is like a lot of mountain goats especially early mountain goats it tells a story of a couple mm-hmm. it seems doing something questionable uh-huh. but having a kind of sweet love wrapped around it yeah and it is again like a lot of early mountain goats stripped down it's just john and his guitar and the machine he used to record all of his stuff with. I say that as it, I count it as part of the instrument. Yeah. Because you can hear the whirring of it in the background of all of the songs off a lot of his early albums. Yeah. And it's just great. It's just, a, it's not like a fun rocker of a song. It's not even really that much of a toe tapper. It's just kind of a like, yeah, kind of song. And I really love that about it. I, I agree. It's sort of a, an archetypical mountain goat song it's sort of like oh for sure yeah it's a it's like i was just i just played for just a second in my mind uh the concept of a remastered <laughs> a remastered mountain goats album where they got the that tape whirring out 
I mean, like, John Daniel mm-hmm. would literally burn the entire system to the ground before that happens. He, but, he would never. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a whole, it's the whole atmosphere and everything about it is is just exactly what you what you're thinking of when you think of the mountain goats, or at least for me it is. Um, yeah, yeah, that's excellent, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what aspects you've uh, you've extracted from this song, the recognition scene, or the recognition scene. We were on our way home before it started to rain, and we were like, oh no. We were on our way home before the rain. I yeah. was way closer than I had any right to you be. You were very close. <laughs> All right. What did you pick, James? One of my favorite experiences is getting into a band on their sophomore album and then going back to the first album where it was nice and, and raw. And this is true for Ben Folds 5. I picked uh, Julianne from the uh, self-titled debut album of Ben Folds 5 called Ben Folds 5 by Ben Folds 5. This is a perfect summer album. It's a summer evening album and you should listen to it at about uh, 9 o'clock on like a July night. And that's the best listening for it. Uh, If you're in North Carolina, I have to imagine it's even better. It is. I think I got into it in Colorado and it worked pretty well. Um... Anyways, this song is just, it's kind of like The President's, The President's of the United States of America. This, this song is like if, if Ben Folds like, made a President's of the United States of America song, a little bit. It's, instrumentation-wise, not, but like... I get very big lump vibes yes. from this song. Yes. It, Most specifically in regards to Axel. Yes. I feel like Axel and Lump are probably the same people. Oh, yeah. The same person. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, this song, like those songs, sort of sounds like they're like, uh, ready? No? Okay, two, three, four. And then they just started going. And um, I love that about it. Yeah. The album is, well, Ben. all the Ben Folds, five, well, most of the Ben Folds five albums are equal parts sort of unhinged like that and also entirely composed and 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 lovely and sort of orchestral, but like uh, this is in the former camp and I really love it a lot and it's called Julianne and I'm excited to make a song with the aspects that I've pulled out of it because I laughed out loud when I thought of some of my aspects from this song, so. I'm very excited. Uh, Uh, In our chat, when we were sending each other our songs, you simply sent BFF Julianne. Yeah. And I... It didn't make the click for me that it was a Ben Folds 5 song. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so there's an artist named Julianne who did a song called BFF. BFF's a little, it's a little early time frame, yeah. I guess, to use that acronym. But know, maybe that's where it stemmed from. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And then I couldn't find it. I'm like, is it a song called Julianne by a band called BFF? <laughs> the only thing I'm finding when I'm looking for it is Ben Folds 5. Oh my god, Dan, you idiot. <laughs> Fantastic. That's Yeah, I thought you That's really that. funny. I don't even It's the like when I'm doing uh like my notes for Timeline Scavengers, I have like TWD is the Walking Dead and like various things are established acronyms for me that when I'm writing them, I'm like you're going to remember that that's what this stands for, right? And it's for that situation that you experienced that I that I worry about that because I'm like BFF, yeah, Ben Folds Five, 
I guess <laughs> until until I forget and I'm like what on earth is this that's really funny what if there was something and you're like weird pick it's not from 1995 it's from 2017 why did you <laughs> Julianne's BFF Well, I think that it is time to get into some aspects, Daniel. I think the time has come. Okay. I'd love to know what aspects you pulled out of uh, the recognition scene. All right. Well, it's, I mean, they're, they're simple aspects because it's a simple song. That's true. There's not, there's not a lot in this song. It is just under three minutes long. Okay. Yep. Uh, but it feels shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, at least. Yeah. So my aspects are a simple chord progression throughout the song. So the chord progression for this is basically G A C G. Okay. Uh, there's one D added in there uh, at one point, but it's basically just G A C G the the whole time. Right. Okay. I like that simplistic. Again, a lot of early Mountain Goats have a lot of very simplistic chord progressions as he's kind of learning uh, I feel like he's it's as he's learning acoustic guitar right and and just keeping it straightforward so I like the straightforwardness of it that's one absolutely love that aspect two is telling the story of a crime the lyrics tell the story of these two people breaking into a store and stealing a bunch of candy and then driving off with it and eating it on their three-month drive wherever they're going I just, why would you steal, steal caramel if you're going to be in a hot car? That's all I'm saying. So that the hot caramel sticks to your teeth. And you've got great big smiles underneath. Uh, yeah, that's true. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just love the idea of just like a, a love story that's also a crime. Yeah, I love that. And uh, it's a crime how much I love that. Huh? It's a crime how much you love it. My last aspect is a seven word chorus. The chorus is I'm going to miss you when you're gone. Repeat it over and over again. And again, it's simple. And I love that part of it. So just a seven. The chorus is just seven words. This chorus is just seven words long. Just seven words long. I love that. And I, I, I thought you would. I think that that's a fantastic constraint. Um, and I don't feel I didn't. I, listen, I never felt bad about what the words are that I'm about to say about my aspects, but I feel even less bad now. So here we go. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited for what these are. All right, let's start with the boring one: uh, comparing the subject of the song or subjects to a famous person. Nice. In the in Julianne, it starts. Uh, I met this girl. She looks like Ax- Axel Rose. Got drunk and took her home, and we slept in our clothes. Um, For the longest time, I thought it was we slept in her clothes. Oh, and I was like, "You took her home, but slept in her clothes." I mean, listen, we slept in her clothes. Like what? Yeah, it's like what? like a big dress. I just assumed it was slang for sex. What? I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't I totally slept in her clothes last night. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. And I love it. Uh, Second, and most importantly, unconventional percussion. 
Yep. In Julienne, yep. a piece of percussion a piece of percussion in the song is a bag of trash. A bag of trash. Which leads us to our third aspect. Specifically mentioning the unconventional percussion in the song. <laughs> he says, I've got my bag of trash. I've got my bag of trash. I walk it up and down and drag it up and down the road. How could she miss a man who drags a bag of trash down the road? <laughs> trash sounds. <laughs> it's the most... If you focus on the bag of trash in Julianne... It feels like you're living in a cuckoo clock because you're like, you're in a studio and you're like, how's the drums mic? Great. How's the piano mic? Good. Is the bag of trash mic set up? <laughs> and some producer's like, stop calling me that. Oh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <sighs> so, yes, a seven. <laughs> so, what, these are our aspects for this song. <laughs> It's a crime story with a seven-word chorus that specifically mentions the unconventional percussion and compares the subject or subjects to a famous person. It is a simple chord progression and unconventional percussion that is mentioned in the song. Yep. And that's it. That's it. So. (laughs) I love this so much. This is going to be, this is going to be, this is, this is, this, yes. I have a, a real quick style uh, thing. Hit me with it. Um, I just wrote unconvench percush. Is that, am I still, am I like having a, a leftover high from Jordan last month or? Yeah, for sure. Unconvench percush is uh, 100% of Jordan readism. And now if I say mench unconvench. Mench unconvench percush in the other place, that. Is too much writing, but I still love it. Yep. Daniel. James. What are we going to do? What is what is this going to be? Honestly, I hate the words I'm about to say. Okay. Because I feel like it's the obvious. Okay. But I'm going to do it anyway. This has to be as mid-90s as we can get. Okay. Like, the aspects we've picked are super mid-90s. Truly. I feel like it's got to be just like... Give me some 90s pop, an acoustic guitar, or not even acoustic guitar, but acoustic chords played on an electric guitar. Um, I'm going to constrain the famous person has to be someone that was big in 1995. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Let's do some Googling. All right. The uh, highest grossing stars of 95 at the domestic box office. Would you like to guess the top three? 95. Uh, Gwyneth? No. Too soon. I'll, I'll give you this. They're all white men. They're all white men. Got it. All white men. Let's see. 95. What was around 95? Uh, Keanu Reeves? No. Johnny Depp? Keanu Reeves was number 39 on the list. Oof. Uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's not in the top 50. Okay. Who, who, who we got in the top, in the top three or... Number three coming in, Sylvester Stallone. Oof. Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, The Specialist, Judge Dredd, and Assassins. Now, Cliffhanger for sure came out in 1993. It did, but they contributed to the record uh, of highest grossing stars, uh, 95 of the domestic box office. Now, Stallone is a great rhyming name. Stallone is a good rhyming name. 
Honestly, the other two are also good rhyming names. Okay. Who we got? Thanks to Philadelphia, Sleepless in Seattle, and Forrest Gump, we've got Thomas, Thomas and Hanks. Thomas and Hanks. Love her. Thomson Hankford. <laughs> Thomson. But, well, uh, yeah, D- Toy Story came out in 95, and I missed that in my synopsis because of Mississippi once again fucking everything up. Yes. Also, Apollo 13 was another one that he, he was in that contributed. For sure. Uh, with one film in 95, with two films in 95 and three films in 94, Jim Carrey came in at number one. 95, highest grossing star in the domestic box office. Uh, now, Carrie, Hanks, and Stallone all have some good rhyming potential. Potential. I'm going to cross out Jim Carrey, and here's why. Yes. I love Blessed Union of Souls, She Likes Me For Me. I love that song. Okay. However, they do specifically shout out Jim Carrey in that song, and so I'm going to, I'm going to say... Uh, We're going to nix that just so we aren't crossing into Blessed Union of Souls territory. Fair. I don't want to get a cease and desist. Yeah, exactly. Do you have like uh, two more, like four and five in that list or is that... No, I can pull up four and five. Yeah, I've got... uh, Honestly, I have up to a hundred. Like, can we do the top... Let's do the top ten. All right, let's go through the top ten. Sharon Stone, Harrison Ford, Meg Ryan, Bruce Willis, Mel Gibson... Denzel Washington, Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Thomas and Hankford, and Jim Carrey. Now, we could... I mean, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone have the sibilance of S names and rhyming last names. I think that you're onto something. Just saying, we could, we could get a twofer with them. I mean, and then there's also Sharon, which is like sharing, and Sly Stallone... It, sly is also another word that's not a name, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, and you could be Sharon on the sly, which could be, uh, you know, another way of saying you're stealing something. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, or another way of saying you're sleeping in her clothes. Um, also you know an I mean? option. <laughs> Sharon on the sly. <laughs> uh, I think both of those are great euphemisms for either stealing or sleeping with someone. Yeah. All right, I think that's it. So I have to, I'm actually going to write down Sylvester Stallone because I don't want to be like, I'm going to put in parentheses Sly because, all right. So are we thinking this is going to be kind of more the Benz sort of mid-90s, like fake plastic trees, high and dry sort of deal? I was feeling more poppy than that. Okay. Like, I mean, that's not really mid-90s. I was going to say something like Matchbox 20. Okay, that's mid. I mean, that's but, 1996. I think we can call that yeah, mid 90s. That's mid totally mid 90s. Um, okay, like I wanna call Slash alone, and I will, and I will. <laughs> I wanna be Sharon Stone, and I will. <laughs> I wanna call Slash alone, and I will. Oh, if, if we do that with "and I will," then that gives us eight words. For the so we can't use that as the chorus. We can't. So that's out. That's out so of that's the chorus. That's out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that can, that strong contender just plain out. Just gone. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm thinking of because that gives okay. us our simple chord progression, right? Uh, so like an AOR sort of mid '90s radio sort of poppy, rocky sort of deal. Okay. AOR, uh, album oriented rock. It's um, ah yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. 
You're welcome. It's that is an industry term that is very much sort of just a billboard made it up so that they could, you know, use jargon to uh, alienate people. And then I did it too. Uh, Music. Here, here I was like, did he mix up OAR? <laughs> did he mean OAR? <laughs> Who, interestingly just- enough, their, uh, their picture on Wikipedia is of them performing in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're from Virginia, aren't they? They're from Rockville, Maryland. Oh, that counts. Don't tell Colin. It's basically Virginia. Don't go back right. to Rockville. OAR. That that REM song was about OAR. Exactly. Uh, okay. Love it. So, I mean, like, all right, I guess then the last thing is, well, at least my last thing, what kind of crime are we thinking? Oh, I, I have another thing before we get to... Okay. Uh, well, okay. I mean, not before we get to that. Let's talk about what kind of crime okay. we're thinking. I'm thinking something grisly and violent. No, I'm kidding. I don't okay. want that. Okay. Um, I'm thinking a, a petty crime. Okay. Like this is B and E and theft, but like right. minor theft. Right. Right. I love them. Minor theft. Yeah. They're yeah, especially when they tour with B and E. Stealing McKay. When B and E and minor theft are, are together on stage. Oh, what a oh, present! So good. Really, just steals my if heart. I stole uh, a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, petty crimes are also if you uh, if you rob the house of the lady that played Tank Girl. The thing about it is that uh, <laughs> Tank Girl isn't my reference, uh, but I felt like it was a more relatable reference than if you rob the house of the lady that played the younger sister in a league of, in their, league own. of their own. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it, no matter what. It's a solid win all the way around. Lori Petty, yeah, she is. Yep. Okay, so like, what about vandalism? Oh, vandalism might be very good. Okay. The thing is that um, crime fell pretty big in the '90s. There was a big drop of crime in the '90s. Okay. Uh, yeah. Across all geographic and demographic groups, according to this uh, study that I'm that I'm reading right now, published in Ot Four. Crime rate is the one of the most frustrating uh, things in in like in sort of sociology stuff because you're always behind it for sure. So yeah, y- you're always doing the wrong thing, and you have to keep doing that, or else it it you know. Ugh, it's like the Cassandra of uh, statistics. <clears throat> Listener, you know Cassandra, the prophetess that was always right but never believed. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure everyone picked up on that reference. Everyone got that one. Yeah, yeah. Our listeners are an erudite group who only get the dankest of memes and the the best of the deepest of references. Yeah, yeah. Dank memes, deep refs. Bass and treble clefs. There's our T-shirt. I'm just gonna. You know, I was just gonna say, unconvinced percussion, but you know, <laughs> you were gonna mention unconvinced percussion. Yeah, d- dank memes, deep refs, unconvinced percussion. <laughs> I think that gets an automatic call to the DEA, and it, they don't even like. There's not even like probable cause necessary. They're like, the sh- the shirt said what? Yeah, we're on our way. Yep. Man, if I do want to design that T-shirt, though, now <laughs> the first merch for our show, aside from stickers or whatever, 
And it Frankenstein's jukebox aspects number one because it's three things. <laughs> yep, it's three things. It's our aspects. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, Unconventional. Perc- Wait, that's the title of the episode. I don't know why I'm sitting here being like, "Oh, that's so funny that we've said that several times." Yeah, it's got to be the title of the episode. I really like the idea of it telling the story of vandalism. Yeah. Maybe another B&E tied in with the vandalism. Okay. Uh, but we don't have to go there since the B&E's already been used in the original song. Okay, but I mean, like, you know. But we could. As I always say to you, Daniel, if a B&E becomes, if I see the opportunity, I will take it. If I see the opportunity for b and I'm going to take <laughs> I'm it. I'm going to take it. I said that every time we, we say goodbye um, is a good song. What do we want as our unconvinced Prakash? Okay. Now, thematically, like a grocery bag with some spray paint in it would be a thing. That is yes. very close to a bag of trash. It is. Um, I don't know if that's a bad thing. What I think that it may depend on sort of what you can get your hands on that you think would make some interesting sounds, though. I could get my hands on some spray paint. Okay. I think I already have some spray paint. I mean, like, even just, like, the the, the ball. The thing yeah. in there, you, yeah. you could use that as a shaker. I love that. You know, you could, it could be a thing, like in, a, like in a Franz Ferdinand, where it starts off just, like, shaking, like, a, like you know, and then, like, and then it just becomes, like, the shaker of the rhythm of the song. This is the rhythm of the song. Oh. <laughs> Quick dance break. Yep. Um, once again, don't go for walks before you record podcasts, people. It is trouble. Great. Um, but yeah, I think that's fun. I think that'd be fun. I think that could yeah. be that could sound really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I'm just gonna jot that down here. Uh, spray paint can as shaker for unconvention percussion. That was the last thing I wanted to hammer out. Great. I think that's yeah. I mean, I think the the simple chord progression and the seven word chorus will will fall out naturally i think um i mean not naturally but like <laughs> we're such ta- we're such talented creatives that they'll just be like nah fall out naturally but um i think we're good are you feeling good yes i'm feeling very good good me too uh so let us uh get out of here shall we let's okay Listener, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you wouldn't be a listener if you weren't listening by definition. So thanks for being you. We are on Twitter at Frank's Jukebox. And also, uh, you could review us on places that you can review stuff. Like if you see an opportunity for reviewing, much like when I see an opportunity for BNE, rhetorically, take, take it. it. So that would be great. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Unabashed James. Daniel, where can people find you on everywhere? Uh, at Dantendo64. D A N T E N D O 64. Fantastic. We're halfway through the 90s, which is wild. Wild. Um, and that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm James Anderson. And I am Daniel Spencer. See you last year.
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. This is Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And we're two reformed English majors. And former roommates. We discuss the literary works we read in our undergrad and beyond. Come hang out with us while we chat about the books, plays, short stories, and poems we loved. And, uh... Loved less. Look up Unsighted, an English lit podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And enjoy this short clip from our episode, Macbeth Curses Theater Kids. Macbeth is then crowned king. The prophecy is fulfilled. He must be happy now. End of play. But no, Macbeth decides to reenact that meme with the kid riding a bike and then he sticks a stick in between the spokes of the bike and then he falls down and he's like, why would other people do this to me? He's both a chronic overthinker and a chronic underthinker. He's thinking harder, not smarter. Yes, exactly. Exactly.